This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. So we're in this series, Into the Neighborhood. Today we're talking about Jesus and Mary. We're going to talk about the family. We're going to talk about the church as a family. And what does it mean that Jesus became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood? And uh, here's how the Lord works in this series with me. Last week I was excited. I got Shay's notes about how Jesus was often interrupted but not distracted. And I really took that with me all week, uh, allowing for the interruptions in my life. And hopefully you did as well. So I saw the notes, but I was excited. Uh, I had a flight at 9 a.m. out of DFW on Sunday, and I was going to land in Springfield at 10, be able to turn on the service and watch with church at home family, make it down here for the 11:30, And I get to gate B7 at DFW. And the whole, I mean, I don't know if you've been on a plane lately, planes are packed, uh, packed, packed, packed. People are traveling. About half the plane I could tell was coming to Branson, to which I walk up to the gate and always cheer. Thank you. Spend lots of money. Anyway, uh, the guy gets on gate agent, gets on, and he goes, uh, hey, I hate to do this to you folks. We have a gate change. Uh, we're going to B42. Oh, oh, boy, B7 to B42. That's quite a jaunt. And, and, and oh, moans in the gate and frustration. Got a lot of senior adults. I mean, walkers and canes and wheelchairs. So we get to B42. We're there 10 minutes. We're there 10 minutes. And the guy goes, oh, we got a gate change. We're sending you to B3. B3. <laughs> It was no laughter like I'm hearing right now. It was, I ain't going to Branson. That's what I was feeling by a lot of people. And we took off, and you could see, but you got golf carts and wheelchairs, and the thing the guy rides and yells at you as you're walking down through the airport. Wait, we haul down there, and I'm like, I get to B3, there's no plane. I'm like, good, I got time to eat. I go find a, another place to eat where I can see B3. No plane, I'm waiting. 15 minutes goes by, and I'm like, man, I should probably check on this. I go to a customer service, and the lady looks at it, and she goes, yeah, you're at B42. No, yeah, we were at B42. They moved us to B3, and she goes, let me call. Oh, he is so sorry, but they've moved the whole gate back to B42. This is like a lot of jogging, okay? This is a lot of workout, and, and I don't believe him because I'm that type of person. And I go to B3, and it's empty except for two senior adult couples that I know are coming to Branson, Missouri. And they're sitting there, the, the, the ladies or sitting there next to their husband. The first guy's sitting there with his hands on his cane like this. The other guy's sitting on the walker, you know, the walker that's a chair too. They're sitting there. And I see them, see the gates empty. I take off towards B42, and I'm out of breath like I'm getting out of breath, just telling you the story about the B terminal. I get three or four gates down, and I realize th- those couples, those two couples, they don't have a clue what's going on. I go back to B3, and I go, are you all going to Springfield? Yeah. I go, we're back at B42. The guy goes, no, we're not. I said, no, we're, they put us back to B42. The guy sitting on his walker is like, we ain't, we're dying right here at B3. I ain't going back to B42. And then I, I had this moment, like, what do you think happened? Like, there's no gate agent. There's nobody at the gate. I'm like, what do you think? Do you think you beat everybody down here from B42? Is that what you think happened here? I said, we all came here. We were here 10 minutes and we're back. You then got here late. And they don't know what, to, I go, we got to get you to B42. So I go, I'm going to run. And I'll yell at it, first gate agent I see to send you a golf cart. And so, and I said, I'm going to hold the plane for you. And I'm real convincing at this type of stuff. <laughs> and 
to hold the plane. The guy on the walker's like, we don't want to go. I mean, that's what he's saying. He's like, we'll catch the next flight. I said, no, we're holding the plane for you. And so I yell, I'm going to B-42. My watch goes, do you want to record this workout? Absolutely, I'm recording this workout. I get back down to B-42. I say, hey, hold the plane. Hold the plane. You got four very old people, very old people at B-3, stranded like in the wilderness. Uh, and we got to get them on this plane because you don't know. There may not be empty seats. And the lady goes, thank you for telling me. I go, get somebody down there to help me. I sit down. It's 1020 to 1025. And Shay starts preaching about life as this great adventure. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that's what we call at this church, the sacred echo. And I'm laughing because these are, this is exactly what Shay, everybody on the plane, half of them are napping because they've been working out all morning, like an hour of a workout. <laughs> But they're just mad. You can see it. And the pilot's apologizing and everything. I'm watching. I'm 15 minutes into the sermon about this adventure. And make sure you have enough time in your schedule to be interrupted. Not distracted, but interrupted. And I'm laughing, laughing because I'm just putting my life. This is what you're supposed to do when you listen to a sermon. I don't know if you know this. You're supposed to put your life out there. And like, Lord, use this. Teach me and grow me. I'm sitting there and, and, I, and we're waiting, we're waiting. And I know they're waiting on these four old people. And they finally come hobbling onto the plane. <laughs> they walk right by. They're sitting near me and I take my headphones out and I go, what an adventure we have had this morning. And they look at me and I go, woodhills.org. I want you to check it out. A little sermon that'll put, reframe this whole situation for you. I know you have stories like that. And today, as we look at this interaction at the cross between Jesus and Mary, here's, what, here's the lesson we want to get today. The church is a family. We're called to care for one another. And if you're waiting to care for other people, if you're waiting for like circumstances, situations, seasons, and stages of life to be perfect, you're never going to care for anyone. We're called to care for each other in the family of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. We're called to care for each other even when we're tired. And that's what I think is a perfect message for Mother's Day because that's mom. Let's start with Jason Bronner's illustration. I think it's perfect. The perfect mix between Mother Teresa and Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Have you ever looked at a mom and said to yourself, why do I admire that that? Why is that woman such a good mom? It's because she's not one or the other. She's both. You hear what I'm saying? Like, are you the perfect mix of of Mother Teresa and Hulk Hogan? Where does she lean? He goes, (laughs) more Hulk Hogan. Well, good for you. That was my my mom leaned Hulk Hogan because she believed in public spankings. How many of you? How many of you were spanked in public? Would you raise your hand? Look around the room. Who thinks we should go back to public spankings? Yes, that would solve. We would never be a socialist nation if we went back to public spankings. How many of you remember when your mom spanked you in public and people gathered around to cheer her on? Does anybody remember that? I can remember people saying to my mom, why did you wait till aisle eight? He needed it on aisle two. But this is the permissive mom right here. Just loving, caring, and kind, but there's no boundaries, no consequences for breaking those boundaries. Rhonda, where do you lean? Hulk Hogan, her whole family goes... Who leans Mother? Do we have any Mother Teresa's in here? <laughs> oh, that's okay. Wow. Uh, but then this would be the permissive parent. This would be the dominant parent. But this is why we need moms. Because if, 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 if only dads were raising kids, all children would starve. 
Have you ever been at home? No, this is true. This happened, I don't know how many times in the pandemic. The kids come into the family room. Dad, are we eating something for lunch? I don't know. I'm hungry. You're hungry? I'm starving. Where's mom? She's out running errands. Oh, we'll call her. See when she's coming back. We got to eat at some point. Isn't that, how many dads know what I'm talking about? That's you. You expect me to make something? Here's, here's the lesson that we get. It's for all of us, not just moms today. Okay? A, a mom cares for her children when she's in pain, when she's tired, when she's exhausted. My moms just never stop caring. But a dad, like when I'm sick, right, don't expect anything out of me. You know, I can't help you. I asked Katie, I go, how good is Matt (laughs) at caring for Nash and Nora when he's sick? And Katie just went. So that's dads, though. We need moms. And today, we're going to see that Jesus, he did not come to be served, but to serve. And in his hour of humiliation, suffering, and pain, was still meeting the needs of people. And in the case we see today at the cross, the needs of his mom. He's still caring for, and that's what we need to get good at. In this series, we've looked at just being aware of people, the people around us. Up till last week, you know, and then with Shay, just telling, and and not only being aware of the people that are around you, be willing to interrupt your life and your schedule and your errands to notice people and spend time with people. Well, today we're taking it another step to, can you, when you're hurting and in pain, do that? Before we get there, let's start with Matthew that talks about our priority relationship of Jesus. This needs to be the priority of your home. And when Jesus is the priority of your life and your home, it's going to create enemies in your family. This is what Jesus teaches. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And what he's going to teach us today is when you choose to follow Jesus, he demands undivided allegiance. We looked at it in the first week of this series. There's no fence sitting with Jesus. You follow Jesus. And when you follow Jesus, people will come against you. The world will hate you when you stand up for Christ, when you stand on his word. They're going to come against you. He says, for I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. You look at this and this is really harsh teaching. Jesus here is not teaching us to dishonor our parents. That's not at all what he is saying. What he is sharing with us is that by following him, it's going to bring a sword to relationships. It goes on, verse 36, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. And some of you have experienced this. Some of you have experienced this when you place faith in Jesus And your parents heard about your newfound faith in Jesus. I was just with a guy last week, came to know the Lord in his early 40s, was saved in his early 40s, and and his parents never have accepted it. And and we hear this a lot when when we have baptisms at our church. People are like, I'm not going to be baptized. Uh, I'm not ready to be baptized because my mom and dad, it would just crush them. If I were to be baptized after placing faith in Jesus, I I just want to encourage you, get baptized What Jesus is teaching us today is make Jesus the priority relationship of your life. And then the overflow, it's all your other relationships. But Jesus is the priority. Some of you children have experienced this. Parents have experienced this where parents have stand true 
to their faith and on the word of God, and a child decides to go a different direction. A child uh, chooses a different lifestyle, and mom and dad continue to stay strong in their faith, yet, even while, this is enemies, will be members of his own household, even while that child is frustrated with them, you're not receiving, mom and dad still in the midst of that care for and love that child. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. You know what Jesus is teaching us? That he's the source of your life and every other relationship is the overflow. In other words, prioritize your relationship with Jesus and, the, and it's over your relationship with your children because they're the, that's the overflow. Let Jesus be the source. I always, after I do a funeral, I carry in my Bible for uh, a few weeks after the funeral, um, the order of service, the uh, obituary of the person that we celebrated in that service. This is Dorothy Gabriel's uh, celebration of life service. I do that to pray for the family. I do that to continue to mourn with the family and to mourn with hope and I was so encouraged at Dorothy Gabriel's funeral to see her three children get up here, Debbie, Donnie, and Doug. And I'm telling you, it, was, it ministered to me because here were three children. Yes, they had a lot of great family stories, and they have so many sweet memories as a family. But those are all the overflow. Everything was about Dorothy's relationship with the Lord, her priority in her relationship with the Lord. And she had three kids up here expressing that priority. And it was the overflow. Prioritize your relationship with Jesus over your relationship with your parents as well. And let, let, let your undivided allegiance with Christ guide you. And when you do that, guess what? And by the way, when Jesus says there'll be enemies in your own household, I got to say, it's, it's the same thing we've said at this church time and time again. When Jesus said, if the world hates you, don't be surprised because it hated me first. He's not giving Christians a challenge to live up to. He's not saying, go be a jerk and try to get people to hate you. Jesus isn't teaching us in Matthew that you should try to make enemies with your mom and dad and your children. No, he's saying by following me, this could happen. A sword could come to your family. But now I want to take you to the sword that comes to Mary and the pain that she's going to go through, the agony that she is going to go through. And we look at Mary today on Mother's Day, and I just want to be real clear. Mary is someone we can honor, someone we can admire, someone we can learn from, but we do not worship her. In Luke 2, we hear the story of Joseph and Mary, Jesus, going to the temple courts and they're, and Jesus is going to be blessed. And there's this man named Simeon. And all we know about Simeon is what Luke tells us in chapter 2. Luke 2 is often where we go uh, at Christmas time. What we know about Simeon is, is what Luke tells us. And we know that he's a devout man. He's a righteous man. Uh, he is led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is moving in him. Moving him. And this is, this is so important. The Holy Spirit tells him... Because he's anticipating the consolation of Israel. He's excited uh, for the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit tells him the, the Messiah will come before you die. And then the Holy Spirit moves him to the temple courts where he holds Jesus, blesses him, and praises God. But then he says something to Mary that we need to see today. Then Simeon 
blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Jesus will cause people to make a decision. You will have to make a decision of where you are with him. And then watch what he says. And this sometimes we can read over. And a sword will pierce, this is to Mary, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. And every mom in here can understand this. What he is saying to Mary is, you are going to experience so much agony when you see your son rejected. You're going to experience pain and suffering as you see Jesus go through this. And that's when we go to the cross and we read in John chapter 19, verses 25 through 27, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, John, standing nearby, he said, to her. Look at this. He is on the cross. This is one of his statements from the cross, his third statement from the cross. He is going to, in the middle of all of this, going to take time to care for his mom and to bless his mom. Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. And this is, this is the lesson for us today as the church family, as the family of God. Jesus, okay, in his hour of humiliation, excruciating suffering and pain, he was eager to care for his mother in her hour of need. And would that be true of every follower of Jesus in here? When we're going through difficult, challenging, painful seasons. And this is what, this gets, I've been so grateful all week when I've thought about the last year and the suffering the difficulty, the difficult time that our nation and the world has been in. This church family was a family. Like you were caring for the needs of one another. You were caring for the needs of your community. And we can do that when we're, and I think this is what happens too often when we go through difficult times. Well, I need to just kind of close in and take care of myself. Because I won't be good to anybody else if I don't take care of myself. Well, we call that here self-care. Self-care has the purpose of making sure you're as full of the love of God as possible. You are as full as possible so you can care for the needs of other people. But how do you know the difference between self-care and selfishness? Well, selfishness is when you're only meeting your needs and only caring about you and what you want and what you desire and you never think about the needs of other people. That's how you know self-care is moving to selfishness when it's only about what you're going through. And what we learn today as Jesus moves into the neighborhood is that Jesus is the head of the church and calls us to care for one another, even in difficult seasons, in suffering. We read in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, we're called to carry each other's burdens. That's what the church is supposed to do. When you're suffering, we're supposed to come alongside you. When I'm suffering, you're supposed to come alongside me. When you have a friend, family member in here, who's hurting, in pain, humiliated, going through a difficult time, maybe in town, going through a difficult time in their business, you come alongside and you care. You reach out. And and by the way, when someone comes alongside you to help you carry your burden and care for you during this time, it doesn't mean you just drop your load on them and move on. No, you continue to carry. That's why when you read the letters that Paul writes 
to the church, to the church family in the New Testament. You'll see this all throughout the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Baptists love this term. They, na- they label their bathrooms with this. Brothers and sisters. <laughs> we still go with men and women, but that's a whole message for another day. We st- anyway, uh, men and women. Anyway, brothers and sisters. You know what it's saying? We're family. We're family. And what does family do? Anybody here, just raise your hand just real quick and put it right back down. Just go, whoop, whoop, and real fast, and nobody will see you do it. Your family exhausts you. Okay. They frustrate you. Put your hands down. Those two guys back there are like, I'm going to, this is a sustained handheld right here. Uh, you're worn out. Family, the long periods of time with the family, there's, there's going to be worn out. Okay, so let me ask. And no mom in here has ever said this. When your little kids are wearing you out, you're like, well, guess what? This is so exhausting. I'm not feeding you for three days. <laughs> no. You still care for the people who exhaust you. You still care for the people who are the biggest pain in the butt you'll ever meet sometime. Why? Well, we read. Here's what we read about brothers and sisters. We bear with each other. Right? We, we don't just put up with each other, even though we do put up with each other. We bear with each other, and we continue to strive. We don't hop from church to church. We don't hop from... Fa- We're like, no, you just, you are, you're driving me crazy, and I'm in it with you. I will bear with it, and you just offended me. Well, I'm going to forgive you. Please forgive me. I give you plenty of opportunities to practice forgiveness in this church family. Any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. He is the head and he calls us to care for one another, to bear with one another. What does that mean? We care for one another through difficult seasons like pandemics. And I, I got to be honest, when I saw churches just kind of back away and just post a few things online, I was like, this is like, this is when the church should be stepping up the most during a difficult season through clashing opinions called political election cycles. We have differences of opinion. Listen, Amy and I don't agree on everything, but we're still married. We disagree on a lot, but we bear with each other. We forget that's the church. Even when you're hurting, even when your feelings are hurt, you bear with others. When you have limited funds, when you feel like quitting, this is when we lean in. Why? Because we're a church family. The church is not a building. The church is not a day of the week. The church is not an event. It's a family where we bear with one another. We struggle together. We struggle together and we figure things out. We suffer together. We should. We also endure together. We don't quit on each other. Why? Because we know who the true and only source of life is. And as we're full, we give to one another. We're bearing and forgiving and caring for one another. And as is the case just last week, And all throughout the seasons of life, and as Katie shared so beautifully this morning, we mourn together. We mourn together. You're not supposed to do that alone. You have a family that comes alongside you and encourages you and helps you. I can't encourage you enough that if today's a day you're just popping in, and you pop in every now and then, or you pop in on special holidays or occasions, give Jesus your whole heart undivided allegiance. Prioritize him in all of your relationships and allow your other relationships, family, friends, coworkers, to be the overflow. Join this church family where we're together through it all, no matter what's coming at us. And we don't back away when things get hard. 
even during difficult seasons, stages of life, pain, and so we still lean in, we press in, and we care for one another. Would you pray with me? Father, what a morning it has been to um, be encouraged by the moms and their stories. I thank you for Katie and Carrie and Suzette and Denise and Bonnie uh, sharing today, encouraging this church family. And the moms that are here today, the moms... um, who are hurting, the children who have lost moms. We know many have lost moms in the last year. Uh, We, as Katie said, we hear them, we see them, we mourn with them. And so we know today is a day uh, as a church family that we really get to practice all of this family life together. For the one who's never placed faith in Jesus, that today would be the day of their salvation, that they would confess with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, confess their sins, believe in their heart that he has been raised from the dead, that they would be saved. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. And everyone agreed and said, amen. Amen. Love you all. Happy Mother's Day.